1: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Gaming Ride Home. I am Kyle Hilliard, but hey, you hear from me all the time if you're a subscriber. You're here to listen to an interview with Benjamin Truman, who is credited as a writer and designer on Black Mesa, the full remake of Half-Life that started as a fan project and then turned into a full-blown release over the course of more than a decade. I talked to Truman about what it's like to work on a game for more than ten years. How much of the game the team ended up changing in its remake. Why Zen was overhauled so heavily, and how the team managed to get the game out the door right before the release of Half-Life Alex. So when did do you have you been with the project the whole time?
2: Not the entire time, but I mean. uh almost maybe maybe under a year uh, after they started up I got involved okay so more than
1: a decade right
2: yes I mean it's it's astonishing I turned 36 uh, last year and uh, I realized that I've been working on this game for like more than a third of my life at that point oh, it was right. just <laughs>
1: it was like astonishing to like see the numbers like that was there a line that it crossed when it became a full-time game gig or is it a full-time gig or is it still uh, like a secondary thing
2: it uh for me it's kind of it's it's uh it's definitely the the primary focus of my time you know uh work-wise uh but i also have like a part-time job uh teaching at a school here in tucson arizona and i've done some writing work for like comic books and stuff like that also um now that we've released the game kind of going forward we're looking into you know trying to move contractors into like full-time workers in a like a company-like setting uh but that's just you know that's just the the wheels turning still on that kind of stuff
1: yeah uh, so what what is your role exactly what what is your title what did you do for uh the for black mesa
2: i started off as a uh, a writer i kind of uh made a job for myself on the team uh a friend of mine they, they told me that they could probably bring me on as a a a modeler but we had um we okay i guess to to start at the beginning we had all a large contingent of us from crowbar collective had all actually met at the art institute of pittsburgh when we were all attending that school for the uh our game art and design uh, bachelor's degrees and that's how a lot of us like got involved on the the team at the time like the black Mesa source team was just kind of like one got on From school and then kind of like held the door open and waved in a bunch more of us and we all kind of uh, you know got in there and took up like a pretty good chunk of the the actual team was like a good group of like localized people in Pittsburgh and uh, some of my friends they called me up and they said like they knew I was a huge Half-Life fan and so they had offered me a a, you know a chance to like do modeling work 3D modeling work on the team and I was not very uh, passionate or interested in modeling work but I did know from my connection with these guys, that they didn't have like a, uh, a writer on the team. And that was always my, uh, my favorite thing, you know, my, my main passion uh, outside of actual game design. And so I, I kind of uh, insinuated myself, like inserted myself onto the team in a writer position. And so then that took, you know, uh, adapting the old script, making sure that it was uh, could also like fit or utilize all the new things that the Source Engine uh, presented. You know, like creating like new dialogue for NPCs, uh, setting up the scenes in FacePoser, the Valve uh, source SDK, like choreography tools, uh, directing voice actors, you know, setting up like the individual like uh, voice dialogue, like bits and pieces in the game itself. You know, so I just kind of like from a from a writing position it eventually evolved into the story lead position where i was in you know kind of taking care of all the uh then what we now call like a narrative designer really at that time i didn't even know that that position like existed or that there was a name for it so we just called me story lead
1: (laughs) gotcha well yeah i mean i guess that brings me to my next question of just like you guys did like write new things and re-record dialogue like i kind of assumed that you were just kind of like wholesale taking even recording and you know all the dialogue from the original game. I didn't realize you guys had made, like, new audio and stuff like that. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um... I think that might have actually been a rule from Valve that we couldn't use their audio or something. Oh, interesting. We had to redo, I think, I don't want to misspeak there, but there is a reason. Like, we did the HEV. Like, the HEV is all of our own dialogue. That's not even the original source files, like, ported over from Half Life to Black Mesa. Like, we had to re record all those. The Vox stuff is all re recorded. So, I don't know if we were allowed to.
1: Did you have to find, like, sound alikes and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, we held a uh, we held a audition, like an open audition, like way way back in like the mid 2000s, and that's how we found uh, Mike Hillard uh, and Kevin Sisk. Mike Hillard plays our scientist, and Kevin Sisk plays the uh, security guard and in G-Man into so doing the the Mike Shapiro line, uh, filling in the role for Mike Shapiro of doing both Barney and G-Man. So then we had Kevin Sisk also do Barney and
1: G-Man. Oh, that's... Yeah, no, I I guess it's... I think it's a compliment to say that I didn't know. Like, I, I thought it was like, you know... I was like, wow! They—I guess they just like really cleaned up the original audio, or something like that. You guys cast it well.
2: <laughs> that's really, that's really great and gratifying to hear. We uh, had a kind of a chance encounter with uh, Mark Laidlaw at uh, Dev Days a few years ago, and he even said that. Oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this anecdote, but he said that Hal Robbins, the original voice actor for the uh, the project, was like being mistaken you know people were like uh, apparently like complimenting him and his involvement in the game or mistaking his involvement for the game and stuff like that and he was calling around trying to figure out what was going on so that was you know also like a funny uh just a nice story to hear complimentary <laughs> of course to Mike's talents yeah.
1: he's like wait did i did i did i make another half-life game i don't think i did oh that's right. funny Um, What was it like working with Valve? I mean, is it, were you checking in with them a lot? Were you, as you were changing things and writing new dialogue, did you have to get approval from them? Or were they pretty much like, you know, shoulder shrug, kind of like, yeah, just don't, you know, blow up any planets. Exactly. We could
2: not say that we worked with Valve by any, you know, as dreamy as that would have been. Like we, but they did, they just kind of like... Shrugged and tossed us the keys to the kingdom and like that was it, you know, that's like they just kind of gave us our blessing and stepped off uh, They would show interest whenever we release a trailer or something like that. Uh, they would you know kind of pop in every once in a while um, Way back in the days of the, the the original steam green steam There was like a little black Mesa update on there one day We like fired it up and they were like hey black Mesa looks pretty cool and that was just you know mind-blowing because that was the only kind of like uh, real communication or even, like, uh, acknowledgement of our existence that we were getting from them beyond the initial, like, you know, uh, just their their blessing.
1: Yeah. I mean, now that the game's officially out, have you gotten any kind of feedback on the final product or anything like that?
2: You know, we, we, we don't, like, go, uh, like, soliciting it directly. We kind of hear little bits and pieces, you know, from the side, like, there was a really gratifying... Uh, interview i think in pc gamer where i'm not sure how to pronounce this guy's uh last name but dario caselli i believe his name is he had said that he you know will play black mesa over the original half-life and we got to meet him we visited valve a while ago and uh, we got to meet him and talk with him that was really cool and then to see him like you know just like name drop us in an interview after the fact was you know just uh that's the kind of stuff you know that's 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 all we can expect that's all we hope for we really like that kind of stuff you know
1: I guess one of the questions I had written down, which I I wonder if you even have an answer for really, is like, I wonder if because changes were made and Zen is so expanded, which I'll I'll have, I'll ask you about that in a minute. Like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if they consider this the canonical version of Half-Life now because there are changes in it or, or is it just kind of, you know, I wonder what they consider it at this point. Have you had any experience with Half-Life Alex yet? I have played and finished Half Life, Alex. Yes.
2: Okay. Wonderful. All right. Me too. Cool. So, uh, without getting into too much like spoiler territory, you know, but there is like that kind of Zen overgrowth stuff. Yeah. And so we, you know, like when those Zen plans initially came through, we were really kind of flying blind and going with a lot of gut instincts. And uh, the lead designer of Zen, the person who kind of put together the initial pitch uh, document, Chris Horn, he had all these ideas about you know like zen flora and fauna and how they work together and all these environments and stuff and There was something really interesting playing half-life alex. I don't know if you saw this But there were like, these little like tendrils growing out of the ground that were just like mini half developed uh, Tentacles like from the half-life monsters. There was a magazine cover that had like a picture of alex uh, and it was like a really nice like uh, Illustration and that also kind of highlighted one of these weird little tendrils. Maybe I can send you a link or something after the fact show it off but it was cool to see that a lot, of, like I said, a lot of these gut instinct things and like uh, ideas that Chris had kind of fleshed out out of this original document and the original world is apparently like really in line with you know what Valve did. I feel you know looking at like some of the, the weird uh, things that they did in the Zen world and some of the things that we did in our Zen world, like we we definitely diverged in our own way. But because we were drawing from their world and because then they drew from their world also, there are these kind of like nice little overlaps and, you know, uh, things that seem to match up nicely, uh, you know, coincidentally or like serendipitously, you know, without any kind of outside, uh, you know, contact, but it's cool to see like those things coming back and mirrored in our version and their version.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, while we're on the topic of Zen, I mean, why remake that portion of the game so thoroughly? I would
2: say that because the that's a tough one. It's like I would say that because the original is uh, kind of like universally. I don't want to say like reviled, but you know the 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 original Zen is is known as like a kind of like a weird like dull thud in that the initial like Half Life storyline. I didn't really mind it that much as a kid playing it, but this is you know something that you and like the gaming press and like stuff like that have probably you know, aware of Zen's reputation in the, the yeah, of course
1: the, I, okay, yeah. I'm with you. Like, like I, cause I played it when I was young and I thought it was a, a cool finale and I was, mm-hmm. it did kind of, I like coming back around on it and reading about half-life and stuff. I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess people don't really like Zen. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, surprising, yeah. But yeah, so that was kind of a, an incentive for you guys to like take another look at that part, which is generally underappreciated.
2: Yeah. It just looked like it needed to be, kind of like revisited and there's a lot of like you know game design stuff that we've tried to learn and pick up on and like uh you know and even just this kind of weird one-way communications that you have from valve with like their developer commentary and stuff like that and uh you know reading uh game design articles those kind of things just trying to modernize the approach to trying to make like a weird alien world and make it fit in the half-life series and still seem like it you know uh like a modular bit that can you know snap into the end of the uh, the earthbound segments and stuff like that uh but i guess just we were so ambitious with the idea that we needed to recreate you know that we needed to gut this thing and just like do like a complete rebuild i think that's like how it became so so huge you know like in terms of like scope and that's why it took so long to complete is that the uh that initial thing that like we have to you know go pave over everything, <laughs> you know that that kind of like yeah. laid out this huge expanse with maybe not as many constraints as we needed, you know to finish like a few years earlier. Or so, but you know, with, with all that said, that's uh that's kind of how it how it came to be this way.
1: Yeah, no, it's been funny because I di- I didn't realize how. Much had been how, how much you guys basically added to Zen. So I, I've been streaming the game and I've been making steady progress. And then like like a week and a half ago, I'm like, all right, well, I'm heading to Zen. So I've probably got like you know two hour long live streams left. We'll we'll finish this up. And I'm like going on on like day oh, six, man. and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm no, I'm still in Zen. <laughs> There's a lot here, which is cool. Like I just got to um like the area where the Vortigons are kind of like sort of friendly yeah, like I, yeah. I don't want to spoil too much but i i've, I've been really digging it and it's it, the big thing for me is like it was very surprising how long it's been, but I've, I've been enjoying sort of the expansion of that section of the game. It's been, that's cool. really great to hear. Cause that's
2: where our our audience there, we're, we're hearing both sides of that, you know, where they, some really do wish that it was a much breezier clip. And then others we're hearing that people are just loving the opportunity to just spend more and more time in this world and interact with more stuff. So, you know, we're, we're, we're taking in both sides of that, but it's really nice to hear that you're enjoying that stuff. And, uh, especially that Vortigaon stuff. That was some of my most, uh, that was some of the stuff I was proudest of with how it turned out, judging by just like the online reactions and, you know, like fan response to that kind of stuff. So I'm glad you're enjoying that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only 14.95 dollars 95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind with
1: sleeping dogs, a gripping murder mystery In terms of like you know the, the 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 majority of the game, which is just a full on remake, like how do, were you guys able to use any code from the original game? Were you able to build on stop of on top of you know existing elements, or was it really just starting over from scratch and and looking at the original game?
2: Okay, like so we started on. The original like source SDK, like I mean honestly, like don't tell anyone, but like these guys started on the initial like leaked Half Life Two beta, you know what I mean? Like so, that's actually been one of the biggest things to you know like one of the biggest problems in building this thing is like holding on to all this old code and building all these things, and then as things advance and as the engine gets older and older and things aren't advancing there and trying to port things from uh, different versions of the source engine. You know, I, I can't speak to how much of the original code is there and how much is not. Like I remember, we threw in our uh, the HECU, like the, the human grunts. We threw them in with a like a stripped down uh, version of the Combine's initial AI, and I, I think it's still basically that, you know. Uh, but that we've we brought in a new programmer in the last couple of years, and he really came in and retooled a lot of that stuff. So i mean i think it's, it's fair to say that you know there's still that like base there but they've built so much on top of these things that i don't know i would not be the person to ask to like you know figure out where our stuff begins and their stuff ends
1: uh this is and then now kind of off the back of that, that is like a two-part question mm-hmm. like you know you guys are on your you know boots on the ground you're remaking the game you're making progress and then as you're looking sort of at the broader you know design document of the game what is the point where you're like, ooh, I can't wait to work on that part. I really want to remake that part. And then what's what are the parts where you're like, ugh, I, I'm dreading that. I don't want. I I just want to finish that section as quickly as possible so we can move on to the fun stuff. You know, like what is the part you were excited to remake? What is the part you were dreading to remake?
2: Hmm, that's a really good question. I was, uh, you know, I was just like excited to be along for uh, the ride. There, uh, it was. And we got these like huge documents in. And like looking at them, you could tell they were huge, and there was a lot going on there. It was clearly like a huge amount of thought put into the world and the environments, and why these things interact in the ways they do. Why uh, this map looks this particular way, and this map, you know, looks this particular way. Like the flora and fauna over here, as compared to the organic environment stuff over here. Uh, you know, so just kind of seeing all this stuff get built up, and then having these maps that were like beautiful and really cool but they they didn't have like enough to do inside of them so i guess that's the part where i got really excited was like oh we've got these spaces now that like we've created all these spaces but we don't have you know anything to we don't have enough to do within these spaces so then i got to kind of like try to figure out the uh the the core you know uh design like the way to get the way to slowly progress these ideas and these puzzle sequences you know step by step level to level and like we did a lot of really fun stuff with like uh, teleportation and crystal chargers and pedestals and things like that that weren't in the original game and so i got to kind of figure out how to break down those puzzle pieces you know how to like basically uh Uh, You know, uh, boil that down into like the most, like, you know, uh, the primary components and figure out how to distribute them, you know, piecemeal throughout the level so that by the end of the level, the player knows what to do when we throw like a larger puzzle at them. That was the kind of stuff that really, really, really excited me to get involved with that. In terms of things that I was dreading, that's a tough one. It's just uh, the thing that would be the thing that would create dread would be the, the on the, the flip i guess it's the flip side of what i just described there the idea of like oh cool a big open space and i get to like figure out what we get to put in here to make sense of it to make fun of it but on the flip side of that the thing that was so dreadful was uh Maybe like too much expanse and not being able to like cut things and kind of having to be forced into, you know, maybe elongating puzzles longer than they, you know, pass their, their, uh, you know, well past their welcome or things like that. That would kind of be the, the hardest thing would be or what I would dread would be, you know, uh,
1: too much like remaining too faithful maybe Uh, in certain situations
2: yeah i I don't even know if like faithful i don't know if, if you can even like look at the game and say it's faithful at this point you know what i mean uh more like just trying to just kind of like looking at it and being like this is what it is like this is what's going in the game it's too big it can't get cut like we have to make this work and like i am sweating it you know trying to make this work i think that would probably be what I could describe as a dreadful. I don't know if I, I might have gone a little out of the range of your question there. If that's
1: no, that's <laughs> okay. fine. Yeah. Um, so the game released pretty close to Half Life. Alex, was it like a week or two weeks, maybe something like that? Three weeks, something like that. We we timed
2: it so that we saw this huge release window coming in march where it was like half-life alex doom and like all these other games coming and so we planned it that we would be able to have at least like three to four weeks of an opportunity where we could like you know hopefully dominate the news cycle for a little bit
1: yeah well i mean that was that's my question is like the proximity to alex seemed very smart and i mean considering you guys worked on the game for as long as you did like to me it's it it almost felt like crazy that the finish line came so close to Alex, but that was I mean you guys tried to get as close to it as you could when you learned that Alex <laughs>
2: existed. We were we were like kind of sticking a landing in that direction, but when like you know when we came to you know when we suddenly realized. That the prospect that another half-life game might actually be released before we finish this thing that was like i think that was you know <laughs> <just> like <laughs> heads down nose to the grindstone like we have to finish this by you know end of february early march because we cannot allow this to you know we <laughs> we can't allow ourselves to be on the other end of that half-life release
1: yeah i mean and it's not like valve just like sent you guys an email a while ago that was like, "Hey, heads exactly, up, we're working on something. You might want to get yours out around the same time because there's gonna be a lot of hype around Half-Life." Just right. to head, you didn't get anything like we that, were, right? We were
2: as surprised and excited as the rest of you. You know, it was it was oh, amazing. Yeah, no.
1: And and you have played through Alex at this point? Yes,
2: yes, I did. I got to. I uh, I've got an old Vive, and I, I bought myself some Index controllers, and oh, so nice. I was able to give it a go through, and it was it was awesome. It yeah, was I great.
1: mean, uh, quick review. I mean, like, what what do you
2: think? Did you enjoy it? I am still... Yes, I definitely did. I'm still putting together a lot of thoughts on it. I think my... I love it. Absolutely. Like, uh, there, there's no no question about that. I think what I'm experiencing right now is trying to figure out, like, my expectations versus reality, knowing that uh, Sean Vanaman, I'm not sure what his name, how to pronounce yeah. the last name, the guy Nailed from it. Firewatch... Uh, okay, cool. guy from Firewatch Walking Dead Season 1, like... Did all these like great narratives, especially that Firewatch, like first person narrative, where it's just you and the voice on the other end of a radio. And I just, I think I was building up in my head. Like, the end of the game is incredible. It's like a, an amazing reveal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, I think, no I was spoilers, built. obviously, yes, if you yes, haven't okay, seen yeah, Alex, yeah, but will, fantastic I will, I will conclusion this. to
1: Alex. Like, I absolutely yes. agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: jawdropper is really, really cool, really well done. Uh, expansive and, you know, uh, more questions, less answers, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, The idea of Alex, I I got, I hyped myself up thinking that this Firewatch thing, having the the writer from Firewatch, one of the writers, I'm not sure how many they have, but having him there and like Alex, like Valve is breaking the silent protagonist thing, so it must be very important that you are going to be a character communicating with somebody. Uh, I I was just building up all this stuff in my head, and I, I don't think I got the like the Alex Russell relationship was great. But I was just expecting more of like an emotional core at the center of that like narrative with like you and the voice on the other end instead of just like the constant joke stream. I don't know if that's right or wrong. You know, that's just kind of like my take right now. I might completely revise this after, you know, playing through the game again and really trying to digest more of the story. But that, that's where I feel something was missing for me.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's totally fair. I'm kind of on the opposite end because like I love as much. I love all of Valve games. I love Half-Life. But Portal 2 is like uh-huh. the the king of the heap as far as I'm concerned. I love Portal 2. Right. So to get basically like uh, Eric Wolpaw comedy chops in there for like the course of the game. I loved it, man. Like I didn't I never thought. In a million years that like the funniest game of 2020 would be half-life alex (laughs) yeah Uh, but i'm also but like i totally understand where you're saying because like it russell is is uh comic relief like absolutely Mm -hmm. but it's like really good comic relief (laughs) you know like it's yeah don't get me wrong it's the writers of portal giving you more comic relief but yeah. yeah but you're right it doesn't end in in like a way where you're like You know, they really arrived somewhere, these two. It was more just like, you know, they Russell made a lot of jokes and taught Alex a lot about what the world used to be like Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So even the uh, the
2: mother or excuse me, the the, the father daughter relationship, like the Eli Alex thing. I mean it was it was there in these kind of like bits and pieces, but I was just expecting more of a character to character connection throughout. You know? Like I was just I I don't know, it's just that was my own expectation. So playing it against reality Still happy with the finished product. Really, really loving it. But uh, that's what I was hoping for. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, circling back to, you know, the reason I called you, Black Mesa, of course. <laughs> um, are you guys con- thinking about controller support? Is there any thought of bringing it to consoles, or does that get complicated considering, you know, it's it's uh Valve's IP and all that stuff? Yeah. That's
2: that's the scary. Uh, you know, like to me, that's like the the the. The huge adult world of things I don't quite understand, like how those transactions are, are made, you know, and how those things are rolled out. Uh, the console thing, I mean, it's a great. It sounds awesome. If Valve was on board with that and we could figure out a way to do it, I mean, it sounds like a really really great opportunity, you know, uh, for us and for hopefully like console players and the Half Life world and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, if it plays out, we would we would love for that opportunity, but we don't know what the like you know the financial realities are like the workload realities of that are at least
1: i don't I'll, I'll speak for myself sure i mean and i understand that that it would take valve kind of stepping up and and <laughs> right because like they would have to give because it it's it sounds like it's great the way they worked with you guys and kind of letting you off the leash but once once console ports come into the picture they'd probably have to kind of like roll up their sleeves and be like okay <laughs> we got to sign some paperwork here right exactly
2: yeah. yeah like it just seems like even with like uh I mean, you're never gonna see Black Mesa on the Epic Game Store. I'm guessing, you know what I mean. That's sure. like my that's my. So I don't know if like although if Death, if, hey, if, Death
1: Stranding's getting that Half Life content on the Epic Game Store. So really which is interesting, super weird, interesting. Wow, <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, what an overlap there. Like, I know, oh. Yeah,
1: weird. Uh, oh, but uh, uh, but what about controller support for the PC version?
2: Yes, we are. I, I promise we are working on that, and I, I scour the uh, our negative reviews on Steam, and I see people uh, disappointed and upset about that controller support, and also that some of our controller support uh, that we did have, or like key binding stuff, isn't accessible to uh, like all gamers in terms of you know just like what they are, what what they can work with, uh, so. We've got a yeah we we have to figure that kind of stuff out that is on the horizon and uh, we we do hear you know people calling out for controller support and where we're trying to to get all of that up to speed quickly because uh, yeah
1: we want people to play the game we don't want there to be any any roadblocks to people getting to enjoy it. I'm gonna butcher the quote here, but I remember like shortly after Half Life Two came out, um, Gabe Newell basically said that they you know they announced they wanted to make new episodes episode one. And he said, the reason that we were deciding to do this, because it was really novel at the time to add an expansion mm-hmm. that way, is he's like, this team is really good at making Half-Life 2. So I want them to be able to keep making Half-Life 2. Yeah, and yeah. so I wanted to kind of like direct that idea towards you, because you guys are really good at remaking Half-Life right now. Have you thought about looking at the expansions like Blue Shift and Decay? Is that something you guys have discussed at all? Do you want to remake those?
2: It is right behind now that Zen is out. Questions about whether or not we are going to be remaking Opposing Force Blue Shift Decay are our, our second most, quali- you know, like the second most frequent questions for of course. sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the third would be, are we coming
1: to consoles? Uh,
2: <laughs> <Okay>. well, <laughs> that, yeah,
1: what else should I ask you then?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that like stay. Up. But so in terms of the DLC, I do not think we want to. Go. There are there are very good, qualified, and and passionate teams, just like we were back in the day. Like there are very passionate teams making remakes of those mods right now. You know, and we don't necessarily feel it is necessary for us to do that. You know, Uh, and as a lifelong Half-Life fan, you know, not not a lifelong, but you know, half my life, literally. Uh, Like I. I am ready, I think, to move on to something that would be more of like a spiritual successor to Half-Life. So not something that is a successor to Half-Life. I mean, if Valve allowed us to do something again in the IP to create something like within their world, like that would be another conversation. But in terms of like what we, I think, as a team need, like, you know, to be fulfilled creatively is to kind of take all the lessons that we have absorbed during both, like, a lifetime fandom of Valve games and, you know, gamers and uh, developers. And, you know, just, like, we need to take all that stuff and I think we need to do something on our own, you know, in the vein of Half-Life, you know, still do something that uh, where we are not... Um, we don't want to, like, throw away this kind of audience or this attention that we've, you know... Uh, the, the community that we've built up over these, like, 16 years of development. You know, we've got, like, a lot of people who would excited to see you know what we're doing next and so we want to do something that will kind of fit with what their expectations are but we also have some ideas for things that we want to do that'd be more uh some some pivots and some interesting things you know we don't want to just i don't think like me specifically i don't think that i want to keep trying to churn out things that are quasi half-life you know and kind of like uh, reliant on Valve or their support or acknowledgement. you know. I, I'd like to kind of step out from their shadow and do some things on our own now.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, supporting Black Mesa in the immediate future but yes, maybe, maybe something think, yeah. original from you guys in the future, that's kind of the hope?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, the hope, for sure. I mean, I've been wanting to make a video game of my own since I was you know, a child. You know, since I was like 10, 9 or 10 years old, so like the opportunity now, like getting out from under Black Mesa and being able to make something, you know, unique and original, but, you know, using everything we learned making Black Mesa, I mean, that
1: just seems like a dream opportunity. I couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, this will be a good final question. And this is I'm not asking if you guys want to do this. I think you just answered that question. But do you think Half-Life 2 is due for a remake at this point? Or do you think it still holds up you know, just fine?
2: I'm actually doing a little playthrough of uh, Half Life 2 now. I've, again, it's like I feel like I'm always behind the curve on these things. I'm just like such a Valve fanboy, maybe, but it seems like it's kind of en vogue now to uh, like bash Half Life 2 a little bit. It's uh, so, like I'm just kind of hearing and seeing those, those conversations out there in the world. And uh,
1: yeah, th- those people are wrong. I I, I
2: love it. I still think it's fantastic. I mean, it's not like just like playing Half-Life now. You can still see the flaws and stuff. But like, I don't know, I just think appreciate what these guys were doing when they did it. And like, it's kind of like the statement they made, you know, the line they drew in the sand. It's just like, it's it's an incredible, it's an incredible piece. I mean, if somebody can, somebody can remake it, I mean, like what's the option like you're either going to remake Half-Life 2 in the Unreal Engine that doesn't make any sense or you could make Half-Life 2 in the like the Source 2 like Half-Life Alex VR world like like if if somebody was out there making Half-Life 2 in the you know Source 2 VR stuff I would definitely give that project time and attention I would
1: love to see that Cool. Well, thank you so much, Benjamin. I really appreciate you taking the time, and congrats on the launch of Black Mesa. I'm I'm pretty close. I like I said, I I thought I was closer to the end, but you guys <laughs> made so much new content in Zen that it's like a whole other game. So I, I should be finishing it up soon. But yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, and um, yeah, good luck yeah. with everything in the future, man.
2: Thank you very much. Right back at you, man. Thank you for your your uh, time, and thank you for your support and your interest. I really appreciate it, and so does the team. We all we all say thanks
1: again. That was Benjamin Truman who was a writer and designer for Black Mesa, which is available right now on Steam. And just to plug my own stuff a little bit, you can actually find my full playthrough of Black Mesa on my YouTube channel if you want to see the game in action.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.